Hey guys, whoa, what the heck happened there? I don't know what happened. There we go. That was weird. Everything went wrong, but we're good. We're live. We're here. We're talking AEW Dynamite. It's me. It's Luke. I always get it wrong. It's this side. It's Luke. And as far as Dynamite does go, my little quick thoughts, I thought it was a better show than last week. I will say that for sure, but it still wasn't like a great show. I will say the best thing on the show was the Brian Danielson MJF stuff. Because before tonight, that just felt like another match coming up. But what they did tonight in that back-and-forth promo, that sold me on this being a big match. So I really enjoyed that. But everything else on the show, the opening match also was really, really good. But everything else was just there. And the big Tony Khan announcement, Tony Khan didn't announce anything. Adam Cole did. Adam Cole announced that starting in March... There will be a new reality show called AEW All Access, where basically cameras followed AEW wrestlers backstage and stuff. So cool. And the same night that show debuts on TBS, Adam Cole will make his in-ring return. But oddly, they didn't give a date. All they said was, in March, this will happen. This will start. But they didn't give a date, which is very weird. But Luke... What did you think of tonight's Dynamite and the big Tony Khan important announcement? I thought I thought Dynamite tonight was it was okay, nothing nothing special or anything. I do feel like the Tony Khan announcement was kind of a letdown. A little bit. Because I mean, I didn't really understand the whole like AEW access thing at first until you explained it. I mean, the main thing that everybody got out of it was Adam Cole is going to return to the ring and right. That's the that's literally like. Probably to me, like the most important thing out of it. Yeah, it's basically all it is. The show, AW All Access, they started filming it, I want to say, the first week of January. And they've just had cameras backstage filming different wrestlers doing different things. And the way the press release made it sound is that the big stars of this are going to be Britt Baker and Adam Cole. Like they're the two, the two that are going to be the focused on the most, is the way it sounds like. So it's supposed to be like similar. So it's supposed to be kind of like AEW's version of Total Divas, but except it's Adam Cole and Britt Baker. I guess more close to the breaking ground show that WWE did on the WWE Network back in the day, where it's more about not the wrestlers' personal lives, but them at work and backstage and stuff. And Adam Cole said that, you're going to be able to follow a lot of the process of his return as well. So I don't know if there's going to be some at-home stuff with these wrestlers or if it's just all only at the shows and stuff. So they didn't give much context other than it's a backstage look at all elite wrestling. So we'll see. I'll give it a shot the first week. I'm not the biggest reality guy like this. Now... It could be good. There's a lot of good personalities in AEW. Britt Baker and Adam Cole are two great personalities. But I don't know. Again, I'm not the biggest. I didn't watch. I watched like three episodes of the Cody doc. I never watched Total Divas other than when my ex would watch very rarely. But the Cody like documentary reality show or whatever, I watched a couple episodes. And that wasn't bad. That was pretty good. And I believe it's the same company doing this show. 
the production company that did the Roads to the Top. So, we'll see. Getting the polls going really fast. It was right. Oop, spelled that wrong. I mean, I was never really big on reality shows either. Yeah. So, we'll like, see. Like when Total, when Total Divas first came out, I, I mean, I was only like in fourth grade. I thought it was just like, okay, then. <clears throat> yeah, you, you weren't the like demographic at all. No. But as far as tonight's show does go, I do want to say thank you if you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, or on podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher. But listening on podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below, or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like uh, Esports Gaming Rules 316 did. He did state, TK's announcement was a little boring. Glad it wasn't AEW Cross New Japan 2. So get ready, WWE, your forbidden door for New Japan and stardom will be open soon. Well, we're going to talk about that here in a moment. Also want to remember, remind you that you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. Also remember to head over to YouTube and become a, a um, <clears throat> channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Hogwarts Legacy, whether you're pre-ordering a newish game but still kind of an old game in The Last of Us Part 1 because it's a remake of the old game from 2013, or you're claiming one of the free games, or you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code down here, PWUNLIMITED, at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Now, as far as Forbidden Door does go, Spectrum Cable actually has Forbidden Door listed for 2023. They have up on their pay-per-view list, it listed for, and I have it here, June 24th, 2023. So there is a chance we get another AEW Forbidden Door in June. They have Double or Nothing on the 28th. Of course, they have, um, what's it called? Revolution on the 5th. But they have Double or Nothing on the 28th. And then after that, the next AEW thing is on the 24th of June. So... Cool. I don't know if this is legit. I believe it is as far as like, did they put it up prematurely? Did they, well, of course they put it up prematurely because it hasn't been announced. But also the other questionable thing is, did we know May 28th for double or nothing? I don't think, well, yes and no. That hasn't been officially announced. But if they're doing Labor Day, we won't, yeah, if they're doing Labor Day weekend again, then that's the only date that makes sense. So we'll follow this very closely and let you guys know if we do find anything else out on a second Forbidden Door show with AEW and New Japan. Because right now it just says AEW Forbidden Door. 
Last year's was AEW Cross and JPW Forbidden Door. So, cool. Last, last year's show was fun. I guess another one would be cool as well. It really just depends who's all from New Japan is going to be on that show, though. Right. And we know Jay White won't be on that show. Because even if he goes to AEW, he's literally, or technically, not allowed to work New Japan. So if, if, say, Jay White goes to AEW, can he work Forbidden Door? I don't know. I don't think he's going to AEW. I think he's going to WWE anyways. But speaking of tonight's AEW, the show itself did kick off with a really fun opener. It was Orange Cassidy defending the All-Atlantic Championship against the Ring of Honor Pure Champion in Wheeler, Utah. They really played up the fact that these two guys used to be stable members, faction friends, I guess you can call them. And Cassidy offered a handshake right at the start, but Yuta tried to punch instead. And I'm like, come on. Code of Honor. You're the ROH pure champion. Respect the Code of Honor. Plus, you guys were buds back a year ago. Cassidy, though, caught a Cazadora into a pinning combination as Yuta bailed and regrouped. Yuta really played this as the heel, like, big time. Before Cassidy put his hands in his pockets, Yuta quickly grounded Cassidy, who turned the tables with Yuta's seatbelt pin for a two. Claudio Castagnoli would come down to the ring and basically slapped Yuta for not taking uh, Orange Cassidy serious enough. He fired him up. Yuta jumped back in the ring and started beating the crap out of Cassidy. Yuta took out Cassidy at one point with a dive. Yuta landed or launched Cassidy clear over the timekeeper's table as Yuta got showered with booze while Claudio went to the back. Back inside the ring, Yuta lit Cassidy up, who had put his hands in his pockets while this all happened. Cassidy kipped up and went up and over in the corner and tried a crossbody off the top, but Yuta countered into an atomic drop in midair. Yuta controlled throughout the commercial break until Cassidy avoided a top rope splash. Yuta blocked the orange punch and also blocked a satellite DDT into a brain buster for a two. There were some up kicks that allowed Cassidy to get his feet, uh, get to his feet and hug Yuta, who headbutted him to get free of the hug. He then threw some hammer fists on him as well. There was then some back and forth reversals that allowed Yuta to skin the cat on the bottom rope twice, but both traded German suplexes. Cassidy tried the mouse trap, but Yuta countered into one of his own for a very close near fall. Yuta spat his gum at Cassidy and then stuck it perfectly on the forehead of Cassidy, which led to a forearm battle, and that ultimately led to a double-down spot. Yuta avoided a beach break attempt and pulled Cassidy to the apron by his ear. Yes, by his ear. Back inside the ring, Cassidy hit a satellite DDT, but Yuta countered a beach break into a pile driver. There were some anvil elbows from Yuta, who tried the seatbelt pin again, but Cassidy got his own anvil elbows and wrapped the... Other up in the seatbelt pin attempt. Cassidy then popped up with an orange punch, but Yuta kicked out of two. Cassidy hit the beach break, but Yuta again kicked out. The finish then came when Cassidy hit one final orange punch and pinned Wheeler Yuta to pick up the victory. After the match, Cassidy wanted a hug, but Claudio reappeared and told Yuta not to as he brushed past Cassidy. So they're really playing up Wheeler Yuta and Claudio now as heels, it seems like. Like, uh uh. We're not friends with anybody. We just beat people's asses. And there you go. But what did you think of the match? I thought it was pretty dang good. Oh, yeah. I honestly thought the match was pretty good. 
I mean, I I mean they've already like been technically heels since like Mox is pretty much a heel now in that Hangman feud. <clears throat> so if Mox is a heel, then I guess you have to have Claudio and Wheeler Yuta as heels as well. Yeah, the weird thing is like they're all three working like heels, and then you have Danielson, the big baby face against MJF, who's really just not aligned with them anymore at all, it seems like. Like, he's just no longer part of their group. Are they even called the Blackpool Combat Club anymore? Or are they just three guys that work together? I think they're still called Blackpool Combat Club. I think right now they're just having, like, Danielson do his own thing and try to get revenge on MJF. Because I'm trying to look at something really quickly. Yeah, Claudio was still wearing the Blackpool Combat Club jersey, soccer jersey-looking shirt, so... I guess you can still call him that. As we move forward, Renee Paquette was backstage with Adam Hangman Page and Evil Uno, who was about to say how he was preparing for John Moxley when Page interrupted. Uno immediately cut him off and told him, don't get involved tonight. I want to go out there and I want to face Moxley all by myself. It's time for somebody to stand up for the Dark Order and show them what the Dark Order really means. So he was just like, stay in the back. I want to fight him alone. Then Ricky Starks came out. He made his way out to the ring. And he talked about his recent struggles with the JAS. Starks accepted Jericho doesn't want a rematch. And he'll move on. The crowd kind of cheered. <laughs> like, good. We don't need to see that again anyways. Starks then had a contract for an open challenge at Revolution. Basically, he wants to face anybody. This then led to Chris Jericho making his way out, and you go, oh, well, boo. He said, Starks isn't done with him until Jericho says he's done with him. Despite beating him already, Jericho says Starks isn't on his level. All of a sudden, Peter Avalon would come out. They made it seem like he wanted to take the open challenge, and Jericho took him out with the Judas effect. This was kind of dumb. Actually, it was very dumb. Peter so, Avalon, of all people, that was a little right? random. Well, I mean, it's somebody that they can... When was the last time we... Go for it. Like, when was the last time we even seen Peter Avalon on TV? Oh, well, on Dynamite, I don't know. But I know he's been working regularly on um, Dark and stuff. I'll tell you right now. But it's just, he was somebody that they can throw out there, have Jericho knock out, and not, like, make him any worse for wear. Um, Last time... Peter Avalon worked an AEW match was January 28th. It was a tag match on Dark. Yeah, he's been working Dark regularly. But Jericho made his way into the ring and said, you can't have revolution without him. Stark says, if they wrestle again, we'll just have the JAS interfere like always. Stark's questioned if Jericho can get the job done by himself. He said, you're the same man that's the first ever AEW world champion. You're the same man that beat two legends in one night on his own. So why do you always need their help? Starks then basically convinced Jericho to accept the match. And I'm, go I'm for honestly it. kind of getting bored of this Ricky oh. Starks and Jericho thing. I've been bored of it for a while. So I, go I, for it. Starks already beat Jericho first mm -hmm. time. Why do they got to do it a second time? Exactly. 
I don't understand it at all. I don't understand it at all why they're still doing this. Why does um why does what's his I've just lost Ricky Starks think he needs to face Jericho again? I mean yeah, I, this whole segment kind of ran long for me. And the funniest part about it is it felt long. And when the ch- ch- crowd was chanting for Ricky at the start, he literally goes, I'd let you guys keep going, but then they'll tell me I went long. So we got to get this over with. And then it just felt like it went forever. Anyways, not much more happened, but Jericho accepted the match and they said that everybody will be banned from ringside. So yeah, I couldn't care less. So then we hear a pre uh, pre-recorded words from some of the tag teams involved in the battle royal tonight. Basically, they were just like, we're going to win and we're going to win and we're going to win. Oh, boy. Hold on. I got to pull something up on the screen really fast. This has nothing to do with wrestling, but this is very funny. So it's snowing right now about 30 minutes from where I live and maybe 45 minutes, depending. It's where I grew up. It's snowing. Actually, no, I can't show this. I'll probably get in trouble. From Twitch and YouTube. Never mind. I'll just say it. So there's a webcam. So I grew up basically in the mountains. And at the top of the mountain, the local telephone company has a webcam. And the webcam, if you go to it right now, in the snow, somebody right on camera drew a big old penis. So anybody that goes and checks the webcam is just going to see a big old dick in the snow. I was like, I'm going to show it, but then oh, it, never funny. mind. I don't want Twitch or YouTube to get mad. But yeah, pretty funny. Pretty damn funny. It's been snowing for the last couple of hours. So as we move forward with all of that, uh, we had the acclaimed Anthony Bones and Max Caster taking on Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Caster's rap mentioned, hey, Bill, your girl just texted me. She said that you're S-A-W-F-T. And actually, Big Bill laughed at that joke. Like, he, he got a kick out of the swaft joke. I, I did, too. But early on, there were some blind tags by Bowens that allowed for a nice sunset flip, a back, backstabber. There was a combination as we immediately went to a picture-in-picture. Uh, the guns made their way down to the ring during the break, and Bill missed an empire elbow as Bowens ran wild off a hot tag. After dropping Moriarty with reverse fireman's carry slam, Bill ate a super kick, while Bowens opted to scissor with Daddy Ass. This resulted in Bill taking out Daddy Ass with a big boot until Caster took out Bill on the outside. Austin and Colton Gunn hit ringside to attack their father as Moriarty nearly put away Bowens with a spinning slam for a two. Bowens then battled back with the uh, rival as Caster hit the mic drop and picked up the victory. Kill. Cool. It's the theme of tonight's show. A lot of outside interference. Because trust me, once we get to that battle royal, I'm going to, yeah. Outside interference to the umpteenth. So, I mean, it was an okay match, but if you didn't see it, I wouldn't tell you to go back and watch it. What did you think of the match? Yeah, this really wasn't. This none of this thing even like grabbed my attention anyway. So right, like 
if you had like if you need to leave like to go do something like during AEW, this was probably the best time to do it, in my opinion. True. I mean, you're not wrong there. So Tony Schiavone then introduced Christian Cage to the stage, but Jungle Boy Jack Perry immediately attacked him from behind. Uh, Perry brought out two chairs and was about to concerto, but couldn't bring himself to actually do it. He was ready for it. He was going to do it, and then he, well, just was like, ah, no, and he, yeah. He stood there for a moment. Christian got his wits about him and low-blowed him. Christian then slammed Perry's head repeatedly onto one of the chairs, busting him wide open. Referees and doctors finally made the save, and Christian backed off. So, yeah, Christian busted open Jungle Boy. But here's the thing. Yeah, he got juice. He bled. But does blood even really mean anything in AEW anymore? Because when I see somebody bleed in AEW, I go, oh, cool, whatever. It doesn't mean anything in AEW at all. I feel like I'm seeing almost anybody bleed in AEW. So, yeah, main event, both guys ended up bleeding eventually. Like, why? You use the blood to heighten the intensity. And I get that's what they wanted to do with Jungle Boy here. But when Moxley is bleeding every time he is on a show, where's the intensity there? Where's the heightened intensity? It just feels like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do in this company. Eventually, everybody bleeds. It, it, it just doesn't do it for me at all. It's like everyone is just trying way too hard, in my opinion. To be, like, hardcore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we had a video package of Wardlow and Samoa Joe. Got some stuff from last week in this and some new stuff, but I'll just say, hey, they're going to fight for the TNT title of Revolution. We then had Soraya versus Sky Blue. Quick win for Soraya. Blue did get the early advantage with a Cazadora in her right hand, but as she went to the top, Storm immediately knocked her off with the referee's back turned. Soraya put the boots to her in the corner and tossed Blue out to Storm to get some cheap shots in. Blue was able to get the Black Widow submission on briefly until Soraya turned it into a nightcap. Blue fought out of the corner with a top rope crossbody and a snap drop kick. But Storm uh, um, took the referee and distracted her. Blue clocked Storm here, but turned around and the distraction allowed Soraya to kick her in the face and sank in the Scorpion crosslock to pick up the submission victory. Then, Soraya and Tony Storm were going to spray paint blue when out would come Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter to make the save. So the heels run off. They get to the top of the ramp, and there's Ruby Soho. Ruby's over there motioning, I want the belt, I want the belt. And Soraya and Tony Storm are like, oh no! And then everyone on commentary is like, who is, who is Soho with? Is she with the originals, or is she with... The veterans. Who is she with? I don't know. And all she's doing is going, I want the belt. I want the belt. Like she doesn't care about any of the alliances, which is super funny that she don't care about the alliances. Yeah, that's all commentary cares about. So, kill. It's fast forward. Jamie Hayter makes us a triple threat at the pay-per-view. It's Jamie Hayter defending against both Soraya and um, Ruby Soho. Thoughts? I mean, I th- I feel like eventually it's going to lead to Ruby Soho joining 
like the the people who like made a name for themselves outside of AEW. So you think Ruby turns heel? Absolutely. I mean, because she's not a home she's not a homegrown talent. True. And you need people to put with Soraya and Tony if you're going to go the route of like four against four. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think that Yeah, that's probably the route they go. Because we got to think, though, like, Ruby, I assume they'll, maybe they'll, they'll add Athena. She's already a heel. Yeah, and she's one of the veterans. So. And maybe and maybe for the the homegrown, probably Hikaru Shida. And who else would you add? Sky Blue, I guess. I mean, who really would you add? Or, 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 or oh, Nightingale. Yeah. Well, so if we do, so you're saying four on the heel side then. Soraya, Storm, and four. Soho, and Athena? Just the four? The only ones I can think of right now. I mean, yeah, same. Mercedes Martinez is hurt. True. But, yeah, so... I guess on the, the babyface side, the original side, as I'm looking at the roster really quick, you got Jamie Hayter, you got Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, who's been in this since the beginning, and then do they put Jade in this or no? You think Jade? No. Nah, Jade's got her own thing going on with the baddies or yeah. a baddie. So I think I think you're right with Willow. So, I think you are right with Willow. Yeah. Because when I'm looking a at perfect it, perfect one. Go for a, it. A perfect one would be Chris Atlander, but she ain't coming back anytime soon. No, she's on the road, but nowhere near close to being cleared. Yeah, she would be, perfect, be perfect as well. Perfect yeah. That, so. She's been there since the start, basically, since the early days. But then we had Brian Danielson come to the ring. Who was this good? Danielson made his way out to a huge ovation from the crowd and said it's great to be back in Phoenix. Now, if you don't know, he lived in Phoenix for quite a while. That's where his wife kind of is from. She's from like that southern area down there, Phoenix. And she's from like San Diego, California, but her family also at one point lived in Phoenix. And I'll just say it. A lot of people that live in Phoenix have lived in San Diego. They're they're not they're a good four hours away from each other. And I know people that have lived like in both a lot. So they're like the same kind of culture, I guess you could say, Phoenix and San Diego. But regardless, Danielson talked about how MJF put a bounty on his head, hospitalized his mentor William, and hospitalized his mentor William Regal before he could say anything else. MJF interrupted. MJF said that he's been abandoned by everyone he's loved, but talked about the girl who changed him and wanted to start a family until, well, she left him. This got you deserve it chance as MJF said the only thing that makes him feel loved is the AEW World Championship. The AEW title is the only thing keeping him from taking a handful of pills and calling it a day. MJF said that Danielson has something he'll never have. A happy and healthy family that he takes for granted. MJF hates Danielson for having more concussions than anybody that's ever been in this business. 
And every time he steps into the ring, he's saying the wrestling is more important than his family. He basically said that you were on the phone screaming to Daddy Vince while having a seizure. I don't know how true that is, but... Um, he says it's spitting in MJF's face and mentions putting the pill-addicted William Regal in the hospital. MJF says he will punish Danielson for everything he's taken for granted and then mentions Danielson's kids. Danielson said, no, 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 no. Don't bring my kids into this or I'll beat your ass. MJF then looks into the camera and says, Hey, Birdie. Hey, buddy. I'm going to beat Dada so bad that he's never even going to be able to play with you anymore. MJF says that he'll give Dada early onset CTE on March 5th, and Danielson pops him right on the top of the head with a microphone. They start brawling, and security immediately runs down to separate the two, but they can't keep them separated. They break them up, and they get right back to each other before referees and stuff have to come out here, and they finally break the two up. But they did get me interested now. Because before, I really wasn't interested and didn't really care about this. But now, with everything they did tonight, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to see this match. Even though MJF is not losing, I'm still interested. What do you think? Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. The only, like, the one thing in this match that I'm going to be interested in is, like, like, how long are, like, the fans in the live crowd are going to, like, be interested in this like 60 minute Iron Man match. Well, that's the problem. It's when it's a 60 minute Iron Man match, you know that the first 45 minutes don't matter. So the crowd doesn't have to really pay much attention. And that's what's going to hurt this, I think. A modern crowd isn't going to pay attention for the first 45 minutes. Then when it gets down to the last 15, it all depends on the score. At the last 10 to 15 minutes, really, to be honest. Do they go like Brock and Kurt Angle and we're right up at the, the timer? It's tied and we don't know what's going to happen and they're four or five falls apiece? Or is it going to be like Brett and Sean where you get to the end and nobody scored anything because they're just beating the crap out of each other so well? And then you got to go and... Uh, so, it, it, it just all depends, I feel like, on how they flesh out the scores throughout the entire thing. But... I, I just don't see this match really doing much for the first 50, 45 minutes. I feel like the crowd's just going to be like, oh, I got 45 minutes to go pee and get a hot dog. And, like, you also got to think, like, can both guys, like, really, like, like keep it going for, like, 60 minutes? I yeah. Mean, you know, Brian Danielson can, but I don't know about MJF. Now, we've never seen MJF go that long, but I believe MJF will be training enough to get this match good. Like, do well. I don't have, I have faith in it. Tony Schiavone is backstage with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, and this is when Jamie Hayter says, hey, triple threat, me, Ruby, and Soraya. So then we had the tag team battle royal with a winning tag team Becoming or entering into the tag title match at Revolution, and boy, was there a lot of interference here, and it was bullshit. And this match sucked. I'm just gonna say it right now. I hated this battle royal because there was so much outside interference. It was crap. Like I don't, I don't even know what else to say. I could recap it, but there's not much to recap. 
It's just a bunch of guys getting thrown out, and then a couple of guys would get saved by their buddy and thrown back in and then thrown back out and saved. And They built it up like the Lucha Bros were the favorites to win, and then they got eliminated late. So, eh. I really didn't care much for this at all. What did you think? Yeah, I didn't really like all the interferences. So I mean, I honestly thought going into the, I thought going into the match, I thought it was gonna be top flight winning. That would have made sense, but there's still another battle royal. Remember next week, so. But yeah, I mean, a lot is just random ass shit it happened. Would, it would have Go to for be it. A it would have to be a baby face winning. I was already got yeah. You already got lethal and Jared in the match and. The guns are heels. I was thinking so the same thing. You just got to have two baby faces, two baby faces and two heels. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But a lot of just random ass stuff happens for most of this match. But then late in the match, the Butchers stacked up some eliminations by dumping Dante Martin uh, and Phoenix. Phoenix immediately taught, uh, oh no, he dumped Dante Martin and they got dumped by Phoenix. Phoenix immediately, ta- immediately tried to toss out both Jarrett and lethal, but they were saved by Satnam Singh. Eventually, Phoenix gets eliminated, and this brings it down to lethal, Jarrett, and Trent. Satnam Singh was running from side to side to prevent his boys from getting eliminated. Trent then hit a tornado DDT on lethal, but was planted with a Jarrett stroke. Trent skinned the cat and used the orange Cassidy to help him out. Lethal was then backdropped out of the ring. Basically, Sanjay was holding Trent in the corner. And Lethal runs at Trent, and Trent somehow still backdrop throws him out of the ring. Dan Housen then sees Sanjay and chases Sanjay away. This then leads to it just being Jarrett and Trent. Jarrett hits the stroke. Well, Trent throws out Jarrett. Satnam catches him, puts him back in. Jarrett hits the stroke and eliminates Trent. So Jarrett and Lethal are moving on to the tag title match at the pay-per-view. Nearly nothing happened in this match. At all. Kind of crap. I mean, this had potential to be, like, to be fun. I mean, they had Aussie open in this match, so you'd think, like, oh, this could be a fun match. But, yeah, it was kind of boring. Speaking of Aussie Open, the wrestling this week on Rampage. A couple of things were announced for Rampage. Uh, Action and Jetty will be taking on Sammy Guevara. The Young Bucks will be taking on Aussie Open. Willow Nightingale will be in action when she takes on Tony Storm. Lance Archer will finally be making his in-ring return for All Elite Wrestling. And we will hear from both Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. As far as next week does go, the Tag Team Casino Battle Royal see who the final team in the AEW World Tag Team Championship match of the Revolution will take place. And Hook will face an opponent of Stokely Hathaway's choosing. Also, three new things sort of somewhat announced for the pay-per-view. We do know that everybody will be banned from ringside when Chris Jericho takes on Ricky Starks. The AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line with Jamie Hayter, defends against both Soraya and Ruby Soho, and, as we just talked about, added to the World Tag Team title match, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. That Aussie Open versus the Young Bucks match will be absolutely fun. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a great, great match. But as far as the card for Revolution does go, we also have the Iron Man match for the world title, MJF and Danielson. We have Samoa Joe and Wardlow for the TNT title. And we have Moxley versus Hangman in a Texas death match. What is your feeling right now as far as like the pay-per-view going and your anticipation and excitement for it? 
I mean, how many times have we have we seen Joe versus uh Wardlow and Mox versus Hangman? Well, Joe versus Wardlow, I think we've only seen once. So that not that bad. Moxley and Hangman, this is gonna be like the fourth match, I believe. Because we already had the one they were one to one, and then we got the rubber match, and now we have this one. So four matches in like six, seven months. From a guy that says, Oh, I don't like doing rematches, old Tony Khan. So eh. in the uh in the tag one, like like if they only put the belts on the guns just to like Put him back on the acclaimed for like a big pop. That'll be absolutely stupid. Well, yes and no. If it was just a straight up tag match, that'd be fine. But why do we need two other teams? That's what doesn't make any sense to me at all. Why? Oh, that was weird. I was muted there for a minute. I don't know why. That was weird. I couldn't hear you on my end. What was the last thing you heard me say? The weird thing about this. About what? I don't even know when I said that. Oh, crap. I don't know how long I've been muted for. It was like you were about to say the weird thing about this when we were talking about that four-way tag match at Revolution. Oh. Damn, you didn't hear any of that. So what I was trying to get at was the weird thing about the tag title match is that they added two other teams. Why? Why are the two other teams needed? I don't understand that at all. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's not. It, it should be a straight-up tag match, and the acclaimed should just get their rematch for the tag titles. But regardless, moving forward. So Renee Paquette, uh, go for it. What were you going to say? Uh, said this wild man Mark didn't need to be out out here. I guess during that at a royal match. Oh yeah. So we go to the back, and Renee Paquette's with Tony Khan. She goes, "Tony, you have a huge announcement. What is it?" And he literally says, "This is something that's going to be big for a lot of the wrestlers here. So I'm going to let one of our top wrestlers make this announcement." Adam Cole. I'm like, really. Really, guy, whatever. Okay. So Adam Cole says that next month in March, we will be debuting a new one-hour weekly television series called AEW All Access that will air immediately after Dynamite. It is an unfiltered look at the backstage going-ons of AEW. So basically, AEW is going to three hours-ish. Cole said that we're going to get to see how things happen backstage and may even get a good look at his return and comeback 
Quality Wrestling. Speaking of his comeback, he stated that the same night that this show debuts on TBS, he will also make his in-ring return on that night's Dynamite. But, as I stated earlier, didn't give a date. I don't know why, but they just said, next month in March, but didn't give a date. Needs to be more specific about that. I don't get why. Now, let me see something really fast. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I could probably tell you exactly what the date is. How many episodes of Power Slap have aired already? Uh, uh, I, I don't watch Power Slap, so... Well, because you would think once Power Slap is over, this show should start. Power Slap, I think, has two more episodes. So if that's the case, then this AEW show may start... This AEW show, I believe, is going to start either on the 8th or the 15th. Because what are they going to do in the meantime? Power Slap ends, and then what? We get young Sheldon reruns? But I believe there's like... Tonight might be episode six and then seven, eight. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, I believe tonight's episode six. So that would be next week would be episode seven. Whoops. I just closed everything on me. Whoops. Uh Oh, uh Oh, Oh, so yeah, next week's episode seven. And then the eighth would be episode. Yeah. So the 15th, is what it looks like it's going to be. Probably, most likely. Most likely. And there we go. Luke's back on screen. I clicked a button and closed, minimized everything. I don't know what happened. Well, actually, I do. But anyways. So, if I'm a betting man, I'd say March 15th. So, moving forward, we go to our main event. And it's John Moxley versus Evil Uno. So, Moxley comes out. We go to commercial. Evil Uno's... Um, Entrance is completely through the commercial break. And as soon as the bell rings, Uvo Uno rushes Moxley. Moxley quickly turned the tables as we saw Hangman watching backstage. Uno fired out the corner with a big kick, wrapped his vest around the throat of Moxley, and bit at his head, even though, you know, even though he's got a mask on and his mask covers most of his mouth. Well, I don't know. Moxley fought out of the corner, ripping at the mask of Evil Uno, but Uno sent Moxley... Spilling outside, Uno then went to the top and hit a somersault senton before pouring down punches to a huge reaction from the crowd. Moxley recovered and sent Uno into the steps head first, busting open Evil Uno as a result. Because of course it's the Moxley match, someone's got to bleed. After eating a few shots, Uno fired back with multiple pile drivers. As he tried to go for it again, Moxley uh, countered it into some anvil elbows and a rear naked choke. Uno is dripping blood at this point on both himself, the canvas, and Moxley. And Moxley slaps on a bulldog choke. Blood is pouring out of Evil Uno's head, and they're going, is he going to tap? Is he going to tap? Is he going to tap? Moxley gets the rear naked choke, and Uno just passes out, and Moxley won't let go. The match ends with Moxley technically winning because Evil Uno passes out. Moxley won't let go of the hold, so out comes John Silver and Alex Reynolds to make the save, but then Claudio and Wheeler Yuta come out to fight them as well. Hangman finally makes his way out to the ring and starts to clear things up. He then pulls out some barbed wire, puts it around his hand, and smacks Moxley right across the face with it. 
Moxley falls out of the ring. And the next time we see Moxley, he's fighting with uh, Hangman on the outside. And he's gushing blood. Because, of course, it's not a John Moxley match if eventually he's not bleeding. What'd you think? I mean, to me, this was just a match where there was just a lot of blood. Yeah. That's how I thought of it. It wasn't bad. There was nothing special about it. Like, it wasn't like, oh my god, this is one of those great John Moxley matches. It wasn't. It was just a match. It was just a match with a lot of blood. Yep. So, with that, any final thoughts on the show? Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they add on the Revolution card because I mean they're obviously gonna add more matches, I assume. So we have uh, right. Not to cut you off. Go for it. Go for it. I'm gonna, gonna add, I feel like they're definitely gonna add House of Black versus the Elite, though. I forgot to mention that. Yes, he says thank you. There was a video package, basically the House of Black calling out the Elite for the trios titles. I forgot to mention that one. I have it in my notes, and I completely skipped over it. I think it was like they said next week. Is it next week or? I think they, on I think they or, said or next week. Like a stare down. Next week. They, yeah. Well, next week's the final show. Like next week's is next week. Next week's the go home. Next week's dynamite's the only one, the last one. So it's got to be next week. But if we go off of what we've had in the past, last year's dynamite, and this is. I believe including the pre-show, well, not Dynamite, Revolution, including the pre-show, 12 matches. So far right now, we have one, two, three, four, five, six. We got to double this up by next week. Well, they're probably going to add a lot of last-minute matches next week. So I can see them adding like three more matches and then like the last couple of days go, this is on the pre-show and this is on the pre-show and this is on the pre-show, just in the last, like, last-minute stuff. Because on the main card, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So, there we go. That is what has been announced. So, with that, know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys Thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. We do have some polls here to take a look at. As far as the Twitch poll does go, let's view that right here. Uh, 50%, 50% thought it was just all right. 33% didn't like it, and 17%, no, 33% liked it, and 17% didn't. As far as the Twitter poll does go, let's refresh that. Um, 53% liked it, 25% thought it was just all right, and 21% did not like it. As far as the YouTube community poll, if it wants to load, for some reason it's not, there it goes. 49% liked it, 30% thought it was just all right, and 21% didn't like the show. Some of the comments here, this one says, this is one of the episodes that I don't regret watching, but I equally won't have regretted missing it. Because there wasn't much of highlights. I, I get that. There was a really good, like I said, the really good segment between MJF and Danielson and everything else was just a show. The person says, really felt like WCW 2000. 
Um, this person really liked the opener. Said really awesome first opener. They really liked the All Atlantic match. And then this person here says, I liked it. I like the big announcement tonight and the new show from AEW. I mean, hey, if you're a fan of reality TV, then that's right up your alley and it is a big deal for you. If you're not, then whatever. The only wrestling reality show I've ever somewhat liked was Miz and Mrs. It's the only one I've ever somewhat liked. I'll catch Miz and Mrs. I'll watch it. But I watch it like... Honestly, go for it. Miz and Mrs. honestly has some like funny moments though. Because of Miz. Miz is awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't call himself awesome for nothing. He is pretty damn awesome. He's a very funny guy. He's a very funny guy. And what I love about Miz is he's never afraid to make fun of himself. Like, kind of like in WWE. Like, he's one of those guys where you can have him, like, make a fool out of himself. And he'll just be like, all right, I'll make the best of it. Yeah. And, like, he's not afraid to do that on Miz and Mrs. Nope. Neither Maurice either. So with that, as far as the YouTube live poll does go, uh, 57% liked it, 37% thought it was just all right, and 5% didn't. So with that, guys, that's everything we got for you here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and if you're listening later, podcast services all around the globe. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petke underscore 21, and you can also find me at over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. With that, guys, we'll be back live Friday morning for the wrestling wrap-up, and then I'll be back on uh, Friday evening for Friday Night SmackDown. So with that, have a great night, and we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, guys.